0: Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Hanging out with you guys from the East Valley Institute of Technology, the renowned USA, all the way, baby. Always an honor to spend it with you, but first, the trumpets. Yeah! Yeah! Big shout out to all of our Saturday listeners catching the replay. I know many of you, I know many, many, many of you will dip in and out of the show. Frank Lloyd's hanging with you. Todd Ramsey's in studio. What is shaking? Good to see you. Good to see you, and thanks for having me back. Always, brother. uh, If you're new to the show, RanchNation.TV, check out the past episodes uh, that we've had. Automotive Lifestyle Show. A lot of you have commented and gave us some great show ideas. I do thank you. Uh, This particular show, we want to dive right in. All of my hot rod muscle car, peoples. Now, if you're in Arizona, you got a few more days, maybe a week, Todd, before
1: you got to wrap it up because it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It changes the way we drive and work and everything.
0: Because a lot of you... Don't have AC on your old hoopty. I uh
1: I have an old hoopty. Uh, what are you AC. driving? It's uh <laughs> that's my '70 l Camino that doesn't have AC. All
0: right, well we gotta we gotta change
1: that situation. Yeah, it's, a, it's a situation. Because you summertime.
0: do you <laughs> seem like the kind of guy that would drive you around? I would,
1: and that's uh, when I look at other cars, uh, other classics. Like uh, I was going to buy a Chevy C10 square body out of Texas, and um, it was beautifully detailed above and underneath, and just a wonderful car. And I said. Without AC, that's a five month car here,
0: yeah, no Six doubt. Maybe, and so I, I want to mention this because we covered with the folks from Option 1234 YF. A lot yes. of you, all my
1: yes, that was I was here on that episode, folks. Too, when we talked to yeah, guys, yeah, folks
0: driving behind the wheel, you go into the garage, you've got a 2022 Mercedes or BMW or even a Honda, and you notice a bit of a difference in how price structure is. So, we went into that whole show, you can catch that online. RanchNation.TV, 1234YF. What do you need to know about that? But on today's show, because I heard from you people (laughs) oh my Hot Rod community, um, a lot of you are getting ready to wrap it up. You've got the interior nicely done. You've got the body done. Everything that you want. And now it's time for AC. And we're honored on this show to dive into some of the vintage air conditioning systems. We're going to explore the evolution of AC in automobiles. We're going to step in time a little bit there and dive into... The array of AC kits that are available, and we're honored to have president of Vintage Air, Rick Love. Rockstar, automotive talent, behind the scenes doing a lot at Vintage Air. And some of you may have heard of Vintage Air. You drive your hot rod. You had to get an AC kit. Because guess what? 32 didn't come with an AC (laughs) system. It did come with
1: a grill where you can, uh, (laughs) you know, put the...
0: Exactly. So, uh, in the meantime, <laughs> I want you folks not while you're driving visit vintageair. dot com for details about some of the and that, most comprehensive lineup. I think it's of safe ACKs. to say in this
1: space, Vintage Air is probably, in my opinion, the leader of retrofit AC. Yes, we're going
0: to talk about yeah. that. Um, they're actually well known, and I don't want to assume that because we've got a lot of new folks that may not know about Vintage yeah. Air. Um, so we're going to have Rick Love on here shortly. What is shaking in the world is SEMA. You're doing a lot of work with SEMA. Talk to us about the high school program. My
1: uh, work with SEMA as a consultant in the aftermarket automotive space is uh, right now focused on their high school vehicle build program. And that's a program where SEMA accepts uh, basically applications from schools with an automotive program in place where they could take on in their curriculum and have the space and the the shop space and instructor support to do it where they can take on a build. So uh, SEMA purchases vehicles for these schools to then uh, do customization on in the scope of what that school can handle. Like some schools have paint shops, some don't. So it might not include a paint job, but a wrap or just polishing up existing paint. Uh, But uh, wheels, tires, suspension, and uh, SEMA connects these schools with all the uh, SEMA member companies who could be potential supporters. And then the schools uh, work on the vehicles and uh, completely customize them. SEMA takes them back, auctions them on Bring a Trailer, uh, which is a website uh, that's very no- well-known. So known they're, out, they're
0: they're going to sell these vehicles. They're going to sell the vehicles. That's a feel-good for a youngster.
1: Yeah. They're going to sell the vehicles, and, and there's a little bit of a competition to see whose vehicles sell for the most. And then SEMA takes that, that money back and reinvests it into the program for other youth engagement uh, activities, and including, you know, uh, Following years of uh, of the SEMA High School Vehicle Build Program, so I manage that everywhere from uh, this. On this case, I took it over from uh, somebody who uh, left in, during the pandemic. Uh, to so I picked up this program as, as a manager, and uh, we get them everywhere through every build stage, every OEM issue, every aftermarket something that did bolt on or fit right, and then we get them to auction, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, get that
0: money back into the. So program. the money is you. It- it's then rebooked it's, back it's into rebooked the school. It's rebooked back
1: into the SEMA program, and then, you know, that, that helps other schools which, you know, may not have an automotive program but may have uh, some other kind of youth engagements efforts that we can get them connected with uh, other local resources that may have internships and that kind of thing, uh, and then, uh, you know, again, uh, re- What's being, the challenge? I'm going to
0: ask you right now. Folks are listening. They may want to help out. What is the challenge be, currently? I the think specialty the, Equipment Market Association, SEMA, represents a ton yeah, uh, in a huge I portion of biggest, our industry.
1: I think the biggest challenge in this program in particular is just the uh, the, the amount of instructors and some who have quit or retired and just uh, just the overall level of support some of these automotive programs uh, may not be getting relative to some of the other shiny, you know, uh, thing that's in the room now, like a green energy program or uh, windmills, and you know. Well, I always told you, stuff.
0: I told you, listening that under hood right now, you're talking the new F million lines yeah. of code. Yeah, it's beyond just a nut and bolt factor. Yeah, it's
1: it's a hundred percent, and this uh, young group of enthusiasts that are taking automotive programs are are. Well squared to be able to uh, really understand uh, diagnostic tools in the electronic space, and in some cases, uh, you know, even some of the code or CAN bus or uh, any of the other uh, sub bus systems, Lynn and some of the other ones that are in these dashboard electronics with screens and all that. There, I mean, it, it's the, it's the right audience. There, no doubt, it's, it's tech and it's automotive.
0: You know, if you're interested, uh, SEMA.org forward slash student builds. Uh, most of our industry, and I can I can speak for the the corner store, small shop, maybe three, four, five people working there. There's an affinity and an affiliation with paying it forward yeah. in the community. I always said, put all amount of people in government, we'll take care of it all. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're interested in helping out or finding out more, if you have a student, yeah, that, and uh, maybe interested, and we can
1: get you. Uh, my email is direct email is todd at ramseyconsultinggroup dot com. And if you are a, a listener who has a shop opportunity for uh, an intern uh, or one or more of them, and we have schools all over the country, some who have been past participants in the BUILD program, some more current, and just other schools with some kind of automotive interest uh, and, and student population, um, you know, I will do my best to get you connected. And we've had from the schools who finished vehicles, uh, local outreach in those places, and a lot of those kids. That's that's where they go right after high school. They go right into the internship, or you know, working as like a C technician, changing oil or something.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great program, and thanks for all you do. I know you've been yeah, at I it for a while, that. especially like post COVID. Yeah, when everything shut down. Yeah. And, and, and you you pretty much got the the baton. Yeah, and and but you've you've done a lot. I've watched you over the years, and uh, proud of what yeah. you're doing.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and we're uh, we're real super excited just to feed new blood into the industry. And even out of a class of, you know, 20 or 25 kids in an automotive
0: program, if there's really five or six that are serious, we'll take them. Yeah. Right on again. Uh, get on to uh, the SEMA website, SEMA.org forward slash student bills. We need attention to this. Even if you're a parent out there that likes to volunteer some time, you don't necessarily have to be like automotive industry rock star. Like they just need help. The manpower yeah. volunteering time, uh, my understanding is there. there's a lot of financial support available. And, you know, for the most part, I mean, we can all use more money for our programs, but it's really the time. I I speak to a lot of shop owners across the country and it's like, you know what? Give it an hour a week to spend it with your local trade school just to show up and give the instructors the ability to put a face to this line in the industry and what you do and so on. Um, I think it's very important. So thanks for what you're doing. I got to switch gears. You mentioned maybe some blood, sweat, and tears doing that. Yeah. Some of you, blood pressure went up because uh, have you heard of the phenomenon regarding the Kia boys trend? Aiden, get on the mic. You heard about this Kia boys trend? I have not. All right, I'm going to school you because Kia now is going to come up with something to help with the situation. If you own a 2012 to 21 Kia, or perhaps a 15 to 21 Hyundai, you've seen it online, you've seen it, social media is all over, this ridiculous phenomenon where these Kia boys, and I guess anybody could be a Kia boy, they go in and uh, they steal your ride. And then they get on a social media and broadcast it. And so it's like copycat syndrome. Now, some of you are saying, well, how could they steal? This is a relatively, you know, 12 to 21. What happened to the theft system? Is the theft system involved? Does your car have a theft system, Aiden? Mine's a 2005, no. All right.
2: Eh, not really.
0: You put a big pit bull out in front of the house at night, and that's your theft system. I got you. But on the Kia, there was not an engine immobilizer. Hmm. A just means it's not just a key. There's a signal that the key must talk to the ignition side of your vehicle that's- That's one element of it, yeah. One element. I'm not going to get too technical. So listen, this has been going on for some time, at least the last year. And a lot of you drive Nikia, maybe not here locally, Phoenix and Arizona, Scottsdale area, but certainly up in the Midwest, Minneapolis, Chicago. I mean, it's terrible. Thousands of these vehicles that have been stolen, and you're stuck, and you're like, wait a minute. I don't have the same theft deterrent as my buddy down the street driving a Ford, well, Hyundai Motor and Kia agreed just a week ago, and I'm saying this because I want you, Kia drivers. Maybe you had a situation. They agreed to a consumer class action lawsuit. They're putting about 200 million over these thefts. Now, what are they going to do? They're going to update the software, and they're going to get this immobilizer issue squared away. So that helps. Now, they do stipulate. They make a stipulation here. If it cannot be done, they give you a $300 credit to do what? Old school string wheel lock. (laughs) Now, some of you may be upset about that, but they're trying. They're trying to make an effort. Um, We can get in the weeds and talk about why didn't they have an immobilizer on the vehicle when the fact is some of these Kias overseas, like-kind vehicles, had the immobilizers on their vehicles. That's the shocking part. And this is why Kia really had to step up and address this. And so if you own a Kia, you got a VIN number, be respectful. Don't get all angry and call your local dealer and see if this has hit the streets with this settlement. Now, if you own a Kia, you should be getting a a letter in the mail, but you may have a used Kia that fell into this situation and you may not have, uh, the correct address and so on and so forth. So be aware of that. This is a big deal. Some of you are aware of this, uh, TikTok video phenomenon ridiculousness of people just going around stealing these Kias, craziness. This world we live in, Mr. Todd. It's
1: uh, it's a little crazy in the TikTok phenomenon of just following whatever you know video might be out there. Some of which are just you know. Well, that's another story.
0: Stupid, but that. All right. Well, you're you're calling it out. Be be careful, because we have a lot of people that are on TikTok.
1: I. Not saying that every video is, just some of the stuff like, you know. It makes you
0: think and where, wonder.
1: Where they're stealing things or damaging things. It's just, it's just unnecessary.
0: I'm Generation X. We just went out <laughs> the street and played, got into trouble. I know. I so- mean, are you, let me ask you, we got just a few minutes before we take a break. Aiden, what's your generation doing about TikTok, man? So I'm actually
1: on TikTok. Why? Uh, So I decided when I was a student here uh, at the East Valley Institute of Technology that I was going to use the TikTok as a marketing thing. So that's what I'm doing, but it sounds like these Kia boys are just stealing cars and then bragging about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to promote this. I just want to tell you this story. I'm just a lowly automotive guy. I'm not even a social media expert, and uh, quite frankly, TikTok can be controversial. Some of you love it, some of you hate it. Bottom line is, if you own a Kia in those uh, those year ranges or that Hyundai uh, platform. Kia's doing something about it, and I think that's admirable. And if they can't do the technical side, they're going to give you an old-school steering wheel lock, and there you go. There well, you gonna
1: have give, it. They're going to give you $300 to go, some combination of things that you
0: could probably find off the shelf at really any automotive retailer, and that's... They're making an effort. They're making an effort. And, and they're, they're the, recognizing. That covers the broadest range of possibilities. And, and I, I like that. You yeah. know, a company can... They, can they, you know Some would argue, well, they need to be responsible because they're the transmitter and all this transponder and all this immobilizer didn't come with it i mean there could be something to be said there but instead of going back and forth because they could have they came up with this settlement and i think that's i'm saying it's admirable thank you kia and hyundai i know you listen to the show but uh (laughs) i agree
1: it's admirable and it's it's
0: just nice that uh it's a crazy society especially if you drive a hot rod with no ac in the southwest or in the humidity of miami you guys stay tuned we got Rick Love, president of Vintage Air. We're going to talk about what you can do for your old hoopty and get that AC kit installed. What are the methods? What are the tips? What are the things you're doing wrong? Some of you got the kit, and maybe it wasn't from Vintage Air, and it it is a total disaster. Your passenger, wife of 30 years, is sitting on the passenger side saying, Honey, I love the way it sounds, but you got stinky warm vents. What is happening? Stay tuned. Rick Love, Vintage Air, French Nation. four wrench nation car talk the smart choice for auto parts pronto national association pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto park distributors. Visit pronto net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community pronto net.com. Whether you're looking for a full service direct mail, or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, Mail Shark has got you covered with over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more. Mail Shark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly. Pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit TheMailShark.com. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage... We need to start talking at 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGfindashop.com. That's BGfindashop.com. I got my
2: mileage back
0: Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. Partsauthority.com. BoltOn Technologies automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have BoltOn Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com.
2: We made a language for us, too. We don't need to
1: describe. Every time you call on me, I drop what I do. You are my best friend, and we've got some shit to shoot.
0: FrenchNation.TV, welcome back. Uh, Todd Ramsey in the studio. Once in a while, we got to kick this uh board. It's like a day trading board in this studio. It's uh, way, way overcomplicated. I remind you to check out some of the past editions. Richard Rawlings with Gas Monkey Garage episode 287. And I I, got to promote this, uh, Todd, because this was an incredible show from incarceration to inspiration with Chris Martin, who came out of prison to turn his life around. And now he's inspiring a whole movement. As it relates to automotive, he's trying to create these effective programs in prison for skilled trades. That's uh, episode 289. So you've got, you mentioned, Todd, you're what was it, a Camaro? Which vehicle oh, was it?
1: Oh, uh, my 70L Camino. That's one of several, but yeah, that's... And
0: you do... Do you have AC on that currently?
1: I don't. It, it's not, it's a non...
0: Now, why is this? I want to get in your non-factory mind non-factory before... Non-factory
1: AC car. Oh, okay. So, it didn't come with it. And, all right. Uh, and it's not had... it. It's all, I mean, otherwise original. And there are, you know, of course, uh, aftermarket retrofit products that um, I've looked at. And, and really, it's, some of them are very well organized in terms of your underhood stuff the you know the the box that bolts to the the firewall and anyway yeah there's a lot of great stuff out there
0: but the great rick love vintage air are you hanging with us rick are you there i am see now we gotta convince mr todd because i did (laughs) not know this uh mr rick love this man is driving around in his old hoopty and uh he says it doesn't have factory air. Do you get a lot of folks that just say, hey, it didn't have factory air. I got to live with it. That's a problem.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, less every day, fortunately. And, and you know, we usually get the calls or, or many times at a show, you, you get the wife dragging the husband up there saying, you know, I'm. I'm not going another show. <laughs> the Pressure with you is on in this vehicle until we get it air conditioned, and uh, that's always the best kind to come up to the booth.
0: Yeah, and I invite you guys listening. Uh, check out vintageair.com uh, before we kind of explore the whole history of vintage air and the great things that you folks are doing there, providing these great kits, for folks to have air. We got to go back. We mentioned SEMA earlier, Rick. Um, you were inducted to the Hall of Fame back in 2021. And somewhat had like no idea. It was like a Grammy award that you weren't aware of. Ha! That had to be inspirational for you, as you paid it for Buku in the industry.
2: Well, it, it certainly it was equal parts shock and excitement when I got the phone call about that. I, I, like you say, I definitely had no clue. Never had had any thoughts about that. In fact, um, I, I've been involved with SEMA councils and SEMA for many years um, through the industry, and. There's There's been times when, when um, how shall I say, I, I'm not the best at, at holding my tongue when I should. And when I got a call from SEMA President Chris Kirsting, he left me a message that he needed to talk to me. I was kind of running through my mental Rolodex at the time thinking, oh, geez, who have I upset enough this time <laughs> to where? Chris Kirsting is calling me and telling me, "Hey man, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to what you're doing." So that's kind of what I was wondering about when I finally got back in touch with him. And then when he gave me the news, I was, I was just literally blown away, just to be, just to be thought of in the same, um, same group of some of these guys that I grew up admiring so much. And then through, through Vintage Air and and the things I did here, and through SEMA, I got to meet a lot of these guys that were my hot rod heroes, and uh, get to know them and get to work with a lot of these guys, and then to. To again be be thought about in in some way even close to that was pretty humbling and and uh, really exciting.
0: Well, thank you uh, and congratulations. I know this was uh, going back a few years. That's an accolade, and you've touched many people behind the scenes. I got to ask you, Vintage Air. Let's go back in time. How did you get into this whole Vintage Air industry? How'd you start up with Vintage?
2: Well, it's kind of funny because I've been on all sides of it. Um, Jack Chisenhall was our founder and he founded it in 1976. And basically, he was a hot rodder living in San Antonio and saw at the time that there were not a lot of air conditioned hot rods. And guys were starting to drive their cars more and, you know, events were popping up all over the country. And the Street Rod Nationals was still somewhat in its infancy. And uh, you know, some of these events were popping up and people were wanting to drive to these events in places like San Antonio or Phoenix or you know, the hotter areas like that. If you're gonna be driving your car a lot, Jack recognized that you know, that air conditioning could be a huge benefit when you're driving these cars. So he basically saw that guys were using junkyard parts or just basically one of those hang on, you know, underdash units that were common at the time as well as add on units and so he kind of started with that and then started designing units built and, and designed specifically for, in the time, the, the biggest market was hot rods. You know, It was a pre-48 market, and Jack designed some units, some evaporators that were specifically tailored to old cars, the package size and the way you could hide them behind the dash, the shape, the package size, and the performance aspects of them. And they were designed with, with hot rods in mind, and that was, that was really the first.
0: I would imagine at the time, Rick, with, with a market that was somewhat, I wouldn't call it established, but there were kits available, there had to be some shortcomings. Other than, I mean, you can imagine Fitment and all this other kind of stuff. And and that's, that's where Vintage Air saw an opportunity to really drill it down further by the way of Fitment. And uh, let's face it, the volume of air, uh, I imagine, through different cabs, whether it's a Monte Carlo or you know an old roadster uh, that that probably was very generic prior to vintage air coming on board
2: yeah there were there were some again universal type things and and jack was really the first guy he was a pioneer and and jack was inducted into the sema hall of fame in 2020 in recognition for so many of the innovations that he brought to the, to the market in the industry and he was the first one to really tailor that and in the mid-80s as As the company grew and as, you know, the the quote definition of a hot rod grew to be a little wider range and everything, Jack was the first guy to really develop a bolt-in system for some later model vehicles, what we considered later later model at the time. His his first, what we call a sure-fit kit, which is a system designed specifically for a vehicle, was for a 57 Chevrolet, and it was designed to fit behind the dash and cable operated at the time and connected to the original 57 Chevy non AC cable controls. So you had a heat cool defrost system that was designed to fit behind the dash of a fifty seven Chevrolet and you know he built brackets for it that mounted it to existing factory holes in the in the firewall so you didn't have to drill, you didn't have to fabricate, you didn't have to make something fit. It it brought air conditioning or climate control into a case where you didn't have to be so much of a fabricator to mount it into your car. It was more of a bolt in type system. And that sure fit kit in 1985 basically grew. Now we have over a hundred, 150 actually, wow. bolt in sure fit kits for all kinds of, of models, you know, basically from the Tri Fives up through muscle cars, Mustangs, and pickup trucks and all kinds of different models in fact, our latest system is for the 88 to 94 Chevrolet pickups so I mean that's that's how much the market has changed where we're doing bolt-in systems now for you know vehicles right up through the 90s
0: that's incredible you you evolve I got to ask you um, regarding hot rods you had mentioned uh, about the early 80s maybe mid 80s legislatively speaking, um, were we loosening things up so that the hot rod category was a bit more broad and, and that allowed for more of our hot rod community to do more cruising and it wasn't just like limited and so on? My question is, legislatively, does that affect your business and, and, and the rest of the community?
2: I don't know if it's strictly legislation or just people kind of opening up their minds to what, you know, as generations pass – everyone's idea of a hot rod changes a little bit. You know, I, I, the thing that got me going was American Graffiti and John Milner and his little yellow 5-window 32 coupe, you know. So to me, that was a hot rod, was an early 30s or mid-30s car. And now, as things have changed, you know, I was in high school at the time, and, and you know, now I'm older than him. I was in high school in the late 70s. You know, our hot rod of choice was the first-gen Camaros. You know, that was our... That's what everybody I knew had was had a first gen Camaro or early Chevelle or anything. And now, as these guys get older, that nostalgia they have for their cars that they had back then or couldn't afford back then, you know, it's it's changed. So the, the definition of a hot rod, I think, has changed quite a bit through the years because it's it's what you're nostalgic about.
0: Yeah, as a generation Xer, I would have never thought. The 1985 Nissan Z would be a future classic, but as it evolves, like you said, that's what we're seeing: the old Supras, the old Zs, uh, uh, you know, some of the some of the Mitsubishi's, uh, the Mitsubishi Eclipse, the early year eclipses. Uh, Todd Ramsey in studio, it's evolved, and I think as as uh, manufacturers yeah. and and those seeking to stay on top of their audience in the marketplace, they're gonna evolve.
1: They do, and uh, and the you know the customization level and the the, the price level of these finished vehicles, especially in the old Ford F-100 and Chevy C-10 truck category. I mean, Rick, I'm sure you sell a ton of kits to those over-farm oh, yeah. trucks and maybe
2: not air-conditioned at all
1: from the factory. Right. So.
2: They were utility vehicles back were, then. Yeah. Trucks were trucks. I mean, they were, you, you know, you didn't have a lot of guys driving a pickup truck then just as their daily driver commuter, unless they were in trade or in something where they used it. Though Most trucks were made. For being a truck. You know, it was the purpose in mind, and that's changed dramatically through the years.
0: Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you know, the K5s and the full-size Chevy mm-hmm. pickups. We uh, did some work with Dan Hogan. Hogie shines. And, of oh. course, vintage air was the choice. And we're talking about these really beautifully well-done, talented builder oh. restorations uh, that end up at Bar- Barrett-Jackson. Uh, Rick, vintage air under the hood, ready to go. Uh, for some of the uh, pretty exquisite vehicles coming across the auction block in uh, at the various auctions across the country.
2: Yeah, we're really proud to be involved in a lot of these vehicles. I've actually visited Dan's shop earlier this year when I was out in Phoenix. I did a seminar earlier this year um, at Vintage Parts of Arizona. And while I was in town, I visited a lot of our dealers and, and some of our builders that use it. And uh, as I said, we're really proud that the guys that build vehicles to this level like Dan does. I mean, that the Blazers and in, in the cars and trucks that they build are so far above what the fit and finish was of those vehicles to begin with. And, you know, late model engines, fuel injected, you know, our air conditioning, re, brakes that really work, suspension that really works. I mean, the vehicles they're building are are so far advanced from what you could get from the factory back then. It's really, really cool to see.
0: Alright, so I'm new. I, I'm, I'm getting ready to just be done with my career. I plan on golfing, and I plan on running the road with my hoopty down by my wife's side, cruising. And uh, I need AC. I'm new to vintage air, and I'm new to the whole kit process. Can we start off with what mistakes I could make by maybe purchasing a kit and maybe cutting corners. Let's talk about that. You get all the calls, you and your staff and team at Vintage Air, about, yep. hey, I did the install and it doesn't work. I want to cut to this, A, for those that are new, and B, maybe those that may have a situation under hood.
2: Well, it starts with understanding how air conditioning really works. And, you know, just like in your house, it's not just a box that's producing cold air. The way air conditioning really works is You're taking the air from an enclosed area, be it your house, be it your car, be it whatever, and you're taking that air, you're pulling it into a system, you're blowing that air across an evaporator, and there's there's physics that's involved, but you're basically absorbing the heat from that air and then carrying that heat to the outside of the vehicle, and dispersing it and dissipating that heat to the outside. So you're not creating cold air. You're removing heat from an enclosed area. And it's so important to think about it that way because if you can't seal and insulate your vehicle properly, it doesn't matter how good your air conditioning system is. It's not going to cool the car. Just like your house, you know, there in Phoenix, if you're running your air conditioner in the summertime and you've got two or three windows open or the door is open, the house doesn't get very cool, and it's not because the air conditioner isn't doing its job. It's, it's you're not allowing it to do its job efficiently. So it's really important to understand that when when you're going to put air conditioning or any type of climate control, insulation and sealing your vehicle, make sure that the, you know, the windows seal. You make sure that you have good weather stripping around your door, and you make sure that you're able to keep that heat out and the better you can keep that heat out, the the easier it's going to be for that air conditioning system to make that car comfortable for you.
0: Yeah, most folks think that, oh, this is cold air blowing on it. Where's that mysterious cold air coming from? When really <laughs> it's a matter of heat transfer. We're just transferring. Um, and, and with that point, I would imagine, and, and, and you guys are known for this um, with, with customer service and so on, I'm not sure what kit I need. I imagine not only the ceiling of the cab properly, but sort of the volume. What are we covering? Um, what may work in a in a chopped Merck may not work in a little, you know, smaller two-door coupe. And that's something that you guys take pride on, is that you'll actually ensure that someone isn't just ordering a kit, let's try it, and then, hey, this is not working out. Talk to us about that level and attention to detail with Vintage Air.
2: Yeah, your evaporator, the air handler inside the vehicle, you're always going to want to use the largest one you can possibly package in the car and or truck, whatever vehicle you're working on. Because, again, that's that's where the the heat absorption takes place. That's where you basically get your air with, with an absence of heat. So you want to use the largest evaporator in the car that you can, and that's what we always stress. And if it's a, a later model vehicle, you know, 55 and up, We've got bolt-in sure-fit kits for a lot of those cars. That We've done all that guesswork for you. We've done all that development for you. And we've already packaged the largest components within that evaporator box. And, again, we've fabricated brackets. We do all that so it's a bolt-in system for you. The condenser that goes in front of the radiator that dissipates that heat, we've gone to the largest condenser that you can package in there as well. So we've we've already taken the the design work for those components and done that for you. We're going to present you with a kit that's a bolt-in and that kit will either convert your factory controls to electronic operation. All of our kits now are electronically controlled or we're going to provide a new control panel that bolts into the factory location, mimics the look of the factory system and and gives you that heat AC and and defrost Climate control. You know, Todd's talking about a 70 El Camino. We've got a bolt-in sure-fit kit for that 70 El Camino. Includes a new control panel that bolts right into the factory location, and it gives you heat, cool, defrost operation, electronically operated. And when you look in the window, basically, it looks a whole lot like the OEM system did.
0: Todd, the to pressure's on, baby. You got to, You <laughs> yeah, got yeah, I mean, to get the catalog out. Get on AdvantageAir.com. Since,
1: since I don't have the uh, factory here, and now the. With the alternator position, it would be a driver side mount on the compressor, which I'm sure you have the option for. And uh,
0: well, yep. let's talk about that, uh, Rick. You mentioned uh, accessory uh, brackets and so on. You have a series called the Front Runner, uh, which is basically a drive system that's kicking it up notches because that kind of goes hand in hand. Okay, I got my kit. Oh, I got to reconfigure all this stuff, bracketing and locate this and that. Talk to us about the uh, the billet front accessory system that you uh, that you have
2: and we pioneered that back in 2000 the the accessory drive system and we were the first company that really did an accessory drive system the way the OEMs design it only it was designed with a performance car in mind it was perfor it was designed with enthusiast use and that way we made it strong simple very good looking it was the first system with a spring tension serpentine belt the way the OEMs use and we factored in also increased alternator capacity, because that's another mistake that a lot of people make when they start putting AC on an older car, or they start adding accessories to an older car, is the output of the original alternator is not going to be up to par. If you want to add AC and it didn't have it, and you want to start adding electric fan, or you want to start adding fuel injection or an upgraded ignition system, you know, all of those things take more current and you've got to have an alternator that's sized properly to provide that extra current to have that have all those accessories work properly. And air conditioning's no different. You've got to have the power available to to do it, and to provide for it. In our front runner drive systems, they have you know now our front runners have a 170 amp alternator that provides 140 amps at idle speed, and when you look back at the 60s cars and 70s cars, you know most of them, even the performance ones, had a 100-amp alternator that may have provided 60, 70 amps at idle, which was fine for the OEM accessories at the time, but when you're upgrading to all these new modern components, you got to have enough power to supply them.
0: Yeah, you had more load. We need to uh, work in that uh, charging system and make sure yep. that 170-amp is, is, is plenty healthy uh, to keep you keep you squared away uh vintage air are we testing in the desert of Arizona I was always, always wonder if the uh the manufacturers uh I say this often in the garage uh are they testing systems here in Arizona uh I'm sure you go through a ton of R&D could you give us an idea how you are testing these systems I mean what kind of brute force are you putting through uh the uh, latest and greatest of these kits how do you test these
2: things we, we do a lot. We have our own wind tunnel and Calarimba here that we can do some, some testing with to begin with. But we do real-world testing. We've been doing a road tour for over 30 years now where we get a bunch of hot rod guys together and we'll go to a different event in different sides of the country. And we'll have anywhere from 50 to 70 people come along with us going to these events. And we're always taking our own cars and using our newest components on them. So we test them in all kinds of weather that way. My daily driver right now is an 87 Monte Carlo Aero Coupe. I've been driving that for the last couple years, and it's got the first one of our bolt-in sure-fit kits for the G-Body Monte Carlos. And I drive it, again, every day when it's 100-plus degrees here and when it's, you know, in the 30s here in the wintertime. So we do real-world testing on them and and make sure that everything works the way it's supposed to.
0: And that's ongoing, and you can appreciate that. It's not a one-and-done because, uh, you know, sometimes things need some improvement, so why not? And get it from the community that is sort of boots on the ground about the practical idle time, you know, the load time. Okay, yep. we added a bunch of passengers. What does that do uh, to the system? I want to back up a little bit because there's some controversy, uh, not, not only for the car enthusiast, but uh, unfortunately uh, for the professional technician, I want to go back to the condenser. I've already Mm -hmm. got a system, and we're not talking vintage air. I didn't put an add-on with a uh, non-factory-supplied system. I want to go back to condenser because many people have, in the past, replaced what they thought was a defective AC compressor. They replaced their compressor. They reloaded. They even got fancy and said, okay, I'll follow the book. I'll put it in a deep vacuum and boil moisture, and I'll do all that fancy Mm -hmm. stuff. And they get this cold air briefly, but they did not pay attention to condenser. Or worse yet, thought the condenser just needed a flush. Where in fact, there's so many contaminants in the condenser, uh, that just slowly ruins out. Talk to us about what it takes to do the job right and how all of these components in the AC system are somewhat related with the heart of that AC compressor being the somewhat of the uh, start.
2: Well, you're exactly right. And and using the word system is key because an AC system is exactly that. It's a system. It's a combination of components that have to be matched properly for the system to work at at its optimal level. And you've got the the heat absorption evaporator inside the car and the condenser is where that heat dissipation takes takes place outside under the hood. Compressor is the heart of the system. Compressor is what moves the refrigerant through the system. You know, we don't get much into the actual repair part of the market unless there's something that comes up, but I, I spent some time in that in that part of the industry, and you know, if you have a compressor failure, what we would call a, a catastrophic failure, then man, even flushing sometimes, if a compressor goes away, there's going to be contaminants in the system, and you've got to make sure you get all of that out of there before the system, and I mean, I, I was a big proponent in replacing parts if you had a failure like that, and you've got to you've got to make sure you're not going to have a secondary failure after that. Yeah, it it can happen.
0: It can happen. And I I just want to speak to those of you. You're saying, hey, I don't have a hot rod. I don't have a need for this. But just remember, that condenser, those ports are coffee straw size ports. And so if you're in a, yeah, they're tiny. And and so traditionally, uh, when I say traditionally, you could go back, uh, let's say 80s and maybe 70s, you had this big, condenser, you could get away with it. But on these newer vehicles, if you end up in a service center or at the dealer, and you've got a failing compressor, and they say, hey, well, not only do we need the compressor, but we also need this vital condenser, it's all about what it takes to do the job right. Now, you're frustrated, you're frustrated because it's an added expense. But what's the expense two months later when you're lost work and time, And now you've got to go back into the repair. So I want you to think about that, what it takes to do the job right when it comes to these AC systems. If you're just joining us, I want you to visit VintageAir.com for details about the most comprehensive line of high-performance air conditioning components available, owned and operated by experienced street riders. We like that. With over 30 years of involvement in the sport, a commitment to incorporating the latest technology, Vintage Air ensures that every product delivers unmatched efficiency efficiency and reliability for your classic hot rod and street rod vintageair.com Todd I'm putting the pressure on you you need to get a kit Ben
1: Well I guess Rick and I'll talk offline <laughs> and make that happen
2: How's that sound Rick That sounds good Todd Hey always help you know always happy to help another SEMA guy and I appreciate what you're that, doing man. to help get more young people involved in this is critical to, to the growth of our industry in the future and getting more of these high school kids involved in these projects and showing them the sense of accomplishment that can come with building a car and modifying a car and everything. That's one of the most important initiatives that SEMA has and something we've been, been very supportive of through the years and yeah. I've been personally involved in. And I think, again, that's such a huge part of what we all have to be doing for this hobby and industry that we love. I
0: appreciate that. And I got to bring this in because it's one thing, uh, you know, from time to time we'll talk about some great product and service and so on, but the spirit of a human being, the human touch to get under hood and out of your digital asset get away from that cell phone smartphone and get under hood a big shout out vintage air involved with a local a local right here out of mesa just recently uh this uh, news report on vintage air you can check that out uh, under their article news section doing a lot of great community events charles spencer if you're listening we know about you He's an 18-year-old senior at Red Mountain High School out of Mesa, Arizona. Talk about his 69 Chevy C20. Rick, you guys were involved in that. Uh, dad, His dad had a little bit to do with that. Talking about this uh, reviving vintage wheels and this cool high school story with vintage air.
2: It's one of many great stories like that. And, you know, anybody that thinks there's no interest from the younger generation. He is not paying attention because there is some. Now, it may not be what it was years ago, but I think we all need to be working to change that. And Charles is such a great kid. I had the uh, good fortune of meeting him and his dad, great family. His dad has a hot rod shop in Mesa as well. And I think that's kind of where Charles got his inspiration initially growing up. But, you know, when he started working on this truck, his dad he did all the work on it, and man, it is a really, really nice pickup. He won uh, the Good Guys Goolsby Next Generation Award at the Good Guys Show, the Spring Scottsdale Show, and like I said, just a just a great truck. And he has, you know, designs of, of getting into the industry as he gets older and everything, and just a great story.
0: Yeah, it is, and a big shout out to Goolsby's. Uh, we've had uh, the folks on uh, uh, on the show from Goolsby. And they work hand-in-hand with the good guys. There's a lot of that. And so I want to speak to you out there that may not have a direction. You know that you've got a son or daughter in the household. You know that there's some interest. They tinker. You know, we talk a lot about this on the show. Get it out of your head that, oh, no, can't mess with the cars, can't mess with the hood and all this fancy, this car guy stuff and this car gal stuff. Give yourself an opportunity. Almost every single member in this industry, including the great talents like Rick Love at Vintage Air, you literally, it's a phone call or a nice campus tour at even Promote that. And I know I'm ranting, and you guys know I am passionate about it, but skills trades are where they're at, and I can't thank you enough over at Vintage Air, Rick Love. Uh, you're being humble. I know there's a lot that you do behind the scenes and uh, we thank you for that. It's one thing to really do your due diligence and put out a great product that there's a need in the marketplace for. You don't have to. You don't have to make this extra effort, and we thank you for that. That's a big deal for us in preserving car culture and uh, preserving the future.
2: Hey, I was uh, my interest was sparked in this when I was young by, by some guys that I looked up to that were in the racing industry, and you know they kind of took me under their wing and then you know when i met jack here and jack kind of helped me along i had a small shop in the 80s i was working kind of on the side where i was doing and that's kind of where i got to know jack in vintage air was i was i started doing wiring and ac installs to make some extra money on the side and that's how i kind of got involved with vintage air and it, that's what it takes it takes the you know that mentoring phrase is thrown a lot, around a lot, but it's it's what it takes is somebody willing to get involved and and spark that interest because it, the there is such a great sense of accomplishment in, in building a car or modifying a car and making it better. I mean, that's the essence of hot rodding is making your car better, whether it's better looking, whether it's quicker, whether it's all of that, but that's such a, it, it's such a great feeling to do that. And Again, like you said, you made a great point about, you know, get off your phone sometimes and, and work with your hands and do some things. And, and the more we can encourage that, the better.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well said. Uh, I've got to just, uh, we've got about five minutes remaining. Uh, a big question uh, folks may want to know, because there's variables right now. We've got uh, predominantly the 134A, although 1234YF, millions of vehicles on the road eventually it transfers to. What, uh, what, what's recommended refrigerant for vintage air uh, add-on
2: kits? For our aftermarket kits, we're using 134A. Uh, we we have experience with 1234. Uh, we make uh, we developed and manufactured the systems for the Ford GT, both the the earlier Ford GT and the current Ford GT. And if they're selling overseas now, you know Europe is mandated 1234. So that's kind of the reason the OEMs are going to it. If you're going to sell overseas, you're going to do it. But right now, as far as from the aftermarket standpoint, 134A is is reasonably priced. It's available. There's many shops that can charge the system properly with that refrigerant, so that's what we're recommending right now. And, you know, kind of just to, to walk back a quick minute when you're talking about some advice, another thing that's so critical to the operation of any of these AC systems is the charge, that these systems have to be, have to be charged by volume. You can't just grab one of these fillet kits from from the local you know, auto parts store and fill up the system yourself, you've got to precisely measure the amount of refrigerant that goes into these systems for them to operate properly. That's OEM cars, that's our aftermarket systems, that's that's a critical part of system operation. It's not just a question of, of dumping refrigerant in, it's got to be measured.
0: Yeah, you got to be exact. Um, even if uh, if you're driving something newer and you're apt to, we're not knocking the parts houses, they will have you sort of charge-and-go cans. They have stop leak in it. It is well worth just stopping by your local professional automotive rock star on the corner. They'll get excited to see your wonderful hot rod uh, and probably take some selfies, but also get it on a machine and uh, put it in a nice deep vacuum and, and do all the measures. Weigh out the refrigerant and to a T to the exact ounce, get it right. Because a lot of you have that symptom where, okay, I filled it up and... You didn't quite pay attention to the gauge and you're running on the low side, maybe 100. (laughs) Or, you know, you're just whacked. It's like blood pressure. People, it's got to be right or else you'll get dizzy. It's the same principle. So be aware of that. And, of course, the good folks at Vintage Air, vintageair.com, they can help you uh, through that. I I got a quick question before we go. People want to know. You guys are at a ton of events nationally. Um, tease out. Where will you be, Mr. Rick Love, with Vintage Air? Can we catch a booth,
2: some cold air, some hot rods? Boy, the next major event we'll be at, I think, is uh, the Back to the '50s' event in Minnesota in late June, and then from there to Des Moines to the Good Guys event in Des Moines. We'll be in Columbus for the Good Guys, Louisville for for the Nationals, the NSRA Nationals, the new Triple Crown event at Nashville Speedway in September in the fall. So we've got quite a quite a few events will be set up at in person. And and then we've got such a large uh, array of distributors that are local. I mean, they're in Phoenix and in Southern California. We've got a lot of Air distributors. You can find them on our website that have both our, our products and expertise. So, you know, personal touch is, is available.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's one-on-one, not some cold, stale relationship. You bought something and People disappear. Big shout out to Dino's Chevy only get down right here in Phoenix. A lot of you in November as well. Yeah, been you're been front back. and center. I see that, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Rick Love, you've got another garage. You can visit Desert Car Care right here uh, in the Valley. Uh, we do work uh, in the custom market as well. Uh, however, we're more retail. You've got another home. If you're ever away from home, you come visit us here uh, in, in the Phoenix uh, Scottsdale area. Thank you so much. For joining wrench nation
2: i appreciate the visit and i will definitely come by and see you on the next trip to phoenix
0: awesome thank you so much thank see, you todd that's what it's about it's uh, yeah. you, you don't need to be running around we'll be uh, we'll you be, know we'll be charging no cl-
1: that refrigerant uh, up at desert Car I'm Care gonna, cave creek well i'm gonna <laughs> follow, say that. <laughs> i'm
0: following up with you because i got a bay waiting for that hootie that you got But uh, if you guys uh, have a need uh, for your hot rod, and and a lot of you do, a lot of you are familiar with Vintage Air. If you're not, it was an honor to have Rick Love on the show, VintageAir.com. Check him out. Do your research. Great group of people. Until I see you next week, as I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.